0: This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, I've been on a series called Kingdoms. And, you know, there's two kingdoms in this world. Amen. There's the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And, you know, you, uh, to get into the kingdom of light, you have to be born into the kingdom of light. Amen. Amen. In other words, you got to be reborn and uh, praise God. So, so, uh, and then there's the kingdom of darkness and, and we've been talking about how, how both kingdoms operate differently. And uh, sometimes as Christians, we want to try to operate, you know, because we come out of, most of us have come out of the kingdom of darkness. How many people, how many, how many uh, reformed sinners do we have in here this morning? amen there 's two <laughs> amen but uh but anyway, redeemed saints, how many redeemed saints do we have in here? Amen. glory to God, and so when we get over into the kingdom of light, we have to learn to function differently in the kingdom of light, and we can 't function in the same way that we did in the kingdom of darkness and how many people are going through the process trying to walk in the kingdom of light in here. Amen. Amen. And trying to do it successfully. Amen. And so we, we talked about how really, uh, the devil, he is the king of pride. And so, and, and he's the king of the kingdom of darkness. And, uh, but we know that Jesus is the king of the kingdom of light. And, and Jesus, I call him the king of humility. Somebody say humility this morning. Amen. And so, and so Jesus is the king of humility. And we have to understand this. It takes a humble person to serve God. You know, people that have pride, they don't want to follow God. Amen. They don't want God in their life. It's people that are humble. Amen. And God can use a humble person. God can work through a humble humble person. But people that have pride, they're, you know, if you're all wrapped up in yourself, you'll never make a big package. I like that one. So we can't be wrapped up in ourselves. Amen. And so humility is really, being humble is really being dependent on God. And I know that we, 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 As as we grow up and as you know, as we start learning responsibility, you know, the old saying, you know, the more independent you become, the more mature you become. Well, that's in the natural. But really, the more uh, mature we become in Christ, the more dependent we become on God. Amen. So we don't become more independent from God. We become more dependent. And in other words, the longer we live, the more we need to realize that we need God in our lives. Amen. In other words, we can't do it ourselves. And so pride is really dependent on self. It's dependent on self. It's it's me, myself, and I, the false trinity. You know, pride is self-centered. So a person that walks in pride, they're they're centered. It's always about me. My problems, my issues. Amen. So so we need to be very careful that we're not so centered on ourselves, but we're Jesus-centered. Look at your neighbor and say, get Jesus-centered. So we need to have Jesus in the center. And I like what it says in John 5, 19. If you want to turn there, this is the gospel of John. And, and this is Jesus. And Jesus says this. Then Jesus answered and said to them, John five nineteen says, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. So what is Jesus saying here? He's saying, I can't do nothing without the heavenly father. Jesus never acted independently of himself. He always he always did what he what what he saw his father doing. And and if you drop down a couple verses down, a few verses down about 11 verses down, John 5:30 he says it again, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Now listen, if you want to get out of pride, if you want pride to get out of your life, you got to seek God's will. Amen. Amen. But thank you for those three amens. <laughs> you, know what? you know what I love about God? Let me tell you what I love about God. Yeah, what I love about God is he gives us freedom. Yes, Thank you, Lord. And I'm thinking he just gives people freedom to choose what they want. Amen. You know, I, I was, you know, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to eat right. And I discovered something. I'm trying to get back in shape. And I used to really be in top shape, but I'm, but I'm not there where I want to be. My birthday's coming up pretty soon. And I really want to get in better shape. And I realized something, sugar is my downfall. <laughs> And I was, you know, I was trying to work out, add more running, do all this. But if I don't eliminate the donuts and all that, it's for nothing. So what am I saying to you this morning? I'm, I'm going to say, if you're going to walk a godly life, you're going to have to sacrifice some things. You're going to have to lay down, you know, some carnal things to to pick up some spiritual things. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? yes. yes. Amen. And so we have, we have to lay down some carnal. You know what? It's going to be a sacrifice to walk in the best that God has for us. Yes. But I'm going to say this to you. It's worth it. Amen. It is worth it. You will never regret serving God. James 4, 6. This is a pinnacle scripture in pride. I'm kind of recapping in my, all my messages. And in James 4, 6, this, I like this one. It says, but he gives more grace. Somebody say More grace. More grace. He gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So, we, so I see here that God' grace is his empowerment on our lives to walk out his will. W- would you say that? His grace empowers us. The Bible says the grace has appeared to all men that has received Jesus to live a godly life. Yes. You can live a godly life. Yes. His grace can empower you to live a godly life. Some of you might be struggling in some sin this morning, but his grace can empower you to overcome that sin or weakness. Are you hearing what I'm saying in your life? The enemy would like to make you think you cannot over the enemy would like to make me think I cannot overcome sugar. I can't overcome, you know, I can't overcome it. Amen. Amen. You can overcome it. Amen. The enemy would like to make you think you can't overcome nicotine. Oh, did I have to go there this morning? <laughs> you can overcome nicotine in your Amen. life. Yes. The grace of God can empower you to overcome it. Yes. It's how you think about it. Amen. Yes. It doesn't have to lord over you. You can lord over it. Amen. Somebody say, thank God, thank God for grace. But we have to get God involved. Every day. Amen. Uh, James 14 says this. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. So humility will God, cause God's power to raise you above this losing world system, the dark world system that we're in. Amen. And so his, his, his grace will empower us. You know, as I was thinking about pride and humility, I thought about David. And David was one of the greatest kings in the Bible. And I really like the story about David. Now, at this time of his life, he was running from King Saul. And he had about 600 men that were, you know, broke, busted and disgusted running with him. And they, you know, he became the, 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 the king of the outcasts, if I may. And But he had 600 men running with him. And at this time, he he wasn't really serving Saul. He was running from Saul. And at that time, he he was he was trying to, you know, trying to find himself. Amen. And he was actually working with the enemy in in a sense. Now, he wasn't coming against Saul's army, but he was working with the enemy in, in some respect. And he wanted to run with them for a little bit. Sometimes when things aren't working, The enemy will try to deceive us and to think it's better to run with the world. It's easier to run with the world. It's not as hard to run with the world. I'm telling you, it may be easier, but I'm telling you, death will enter into our equations Amen. if we start running in the world. Amen. So he left his family at, at Ziglag, and, and they wouldn't let him participate in the raid that they were going to do. They said they didn't trust David. They said, just go back to Ziglag. We don't want you a part of this, what we're doing, which I think was God's grace. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad... That when I'm intent in doing the wrong thing, that God allows some walls sometimes to drop and keep me from doing the wrong things. Yes, I am so glad that God hedge, puts a hedge around me you, and helps me not to get in too much trouble. I'm so glad when I was lost and undone that I, I, didn't, I didn't do some of the things that I wanted to do. Amen. Amen. Thank God for a praying mother. Thank God. And listen, if you, some of you pr- believing for your kids, some of your kids are acting crazy, keep Amen. believing, keep praying. Amen. They can have a hedge of protection around them. Yes, are you, oh, you hearing what I'm saying to you? Don't give up on your kids. Amen. Amen. Keep praying for them. Amen. Yes. And so King David, this is in 1 Samuel uh, verse uh, chapter 30, and I'm going to be focusing on 6 and 8. When he came back to Ziglag, uh, the enemy came in, and uh, took all the families of the men that he, he was with, plus his family, and they burned the the city of Ziglag. Yes. And so when David came back, the city was burned down, and there was nobody there. All the animals, all the all their stuff that they had was gone. And you know, David was so you know the whole all everybody in that group was so you know discouraged. That they, that the Bible said they cried to, they could not cry any longer. Yeah. And have you ever felt like that? That, you know, it just seems like the devil just keeps hitting you and keeps hitting you. And all you want to do is like give up. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? But I'm going to say, don't throw in the towel this morning. Amen. Keep pressing in. You will see. And what, and, and it got so bad for David that his men, you know, start talking about killing him. Amen. You know, that's bad. You know, when, when I start over here and my congregation members saying, I want to kill that pastor. You know, uh, you know that, I, and I'm already going through a hard time. You know, you know that's bad. Amen. You know, I know none of you would ever say that, but praise God. But, but they were thinking about, they wanted to stone David. And this, I want to talk to you about the humility of David in this. David did not try to uh, defend himself. He didn't try to say, hey, guys, you know, it's not my fault. You know, he didn't. Try. The Bible said that he encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. It says it here in first Samuel 30. Let's let's read six through eight. It says, now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because of the soul. Soul of the people was grieved. Every man and his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. Listen. Just like the Bible says, you can't be strong in yourself. you got to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And some of us are trying to turn to other things to strengthen us. We're trying to turn to the bottle. We're trying to turn to drugs. No, we need to turn to Jesus. And Jesus will strengthen you in your time of need. Amen. And then this is really awesome. Then, then David received some wisdom when he strengthened himself in the Lord. And he said, then David said to Abathar, the priest, Abilak's son, please bring me the ephod here to me. And, and Abathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall, uh, shall I overtake them? And this is interesting. David, you know, it would, it would seem logical to go after these people but he sought the Lord first and a lot of times the in, you know the enemy may attack us in some areas and the enemy may pride will, will try to get us to do things without consulting the Lord amen consult the Lord Amen. And so David, can, you know, it, it seemed obvious to me. Go after them. But he sought the Lord and he sought direction. And in that direction, the Lord said, uh, told him, he, he said, shall I pursue the, uh, the troops? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and, and you sh- uh, without fail and recover all. So God, God actually revealed truth to David. And show David that he was with David in this turmoil and that he... Listen, if you, if you have lost something today, if you have lost something in your life, God can get it back to you. Amen. You just got to respond right. Amen. Now, the second key about the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, uh, and I talked about this last week, is the kingdom of light operates on love. Amen. And we have to operate... In the God kind of love. And the enemy will always try to get us, you know, operating out of love. Yes. And listen, if you listen, the Bible says this, if you walk in the spirit, there's no law. In other words, when we walk in the spirit, God there's no judgment. There's the devil can't condemn us. Are you hearing what I'm saying, today? Yes. The devil is called the accuser of the brethren. Listen, we know that we're walking out of love if we're accusing other people, if we're focused on other people as being our problems. No, we need to look to ourselves. And so if we have to understand this, that the kingdom of light operates on the love principle, the kingdom of darkness operates on the fear principle. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? And some of you might say, well, is it the opposite of love? Hate. No, I, I believe the opposite of love is fear, is fear. And let me let me just back this up. Let's let's look at first John 418. And it says here, there is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been perfected in love. Think about that. So so this is the key. If we're going to get the fear out of our lives, we have to get perfected in God's love. We got to get an understanding of how much God loves us. Even though you may be going through some turmoil, even though you may be going through some issues, God loves you. And he's going to bring you through these issues. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And we got to get a revelation of God's love for us, regardless of what we're going through. And so and so here it says perfect love cast out fear because fear involves torment. Amen. And so and so we see this and uh, there's another scripture. It says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love and a sound mind. Amen. And that's the Holy Spirit abiding in each one of us. Amen. So, so Isaiah 54, 17 says it this way. It says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. For this is a heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me. I'm going to get out of the chair now. (laughs) They're right. Listen, your righteousness is not based on how good you are or how good you walk this life. It's based on how good Jesus is. Amen. It's based on our faith and trust in the blood of Jesus. How many people still believe that Jesus is your Savior in here? Yeah. Glory to God. You haven't given up hope on that. Amen. Amen. So listen, you 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 listen. We can't earn our salvation, and, uh, and, and so we can't earn it. We, we, we have to believe for our salvation. We have to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? Yes. And so as we believe and we receive him, we receive his righteousness, amen. and he received our sin on the cross, yes. amen? And because we believe that, we, we don't have fear of judgment, Amen. 1 John 4, 17. Back to 1 John four 17. I'm going to get you flipping back and forth. It says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Amen. Think about that. Listen, some of us are thinking, boy, you know what? It's getting bad out here. And Jesus is coming back. And I, I, and I, I hope I go up in the rapture. You know what I'm talking about? Listen, if you understand you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, it should give you boldness. When Jesus splits the eastern sky, you will have boldness in the day of judgment. Why? Because your sins were judged at the cross. And if you get a revelation of that, you're going to walk a bold life for Jesus. Yeah. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yes. That's why the world, when they look at us, they look yes. at those happy Christians. Yes. They have nothing. To, they, they're in this fantasy land. They, just, they seem so happy, like nothing's going on. Yes, we are happy. Our name's written in the land's book of life. Yeah, we may have problems. Everybody has problems. Yes. My faith, listen, you don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. Yes. yes. You hear what I'm saying to you today? Oh, Pastor, I got problems. Listen, is your name written in the Book of Life? Yes. You got no problems. Man, you got all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Hallelujah. And so I like that. We have boldness in the day of judgment. Why? Because our righteousness is not of ourselves, it's of the Lord. How many of you people are clothed with Christ in here? I'm telling you, man, the Bible says, clothe yourself in humility. That means clothe yourself in Christ. Glory to God. Amen. In Hebrews 12 22 and 24, let's just kind of keep going on, on this vein here. It says here, and right before that, it talks about the Israelites, and, and we're not under the Old Covenant. Thank God we're not under the Old Covenant. But some of us are living our lives, and so we're under the Old Covenant. You're not under the Old Covenant. We're under grace. We're not under the law. Yeah. Get a revelation of that. Thank God for that. And in the, in, the, in the the Israelites, in the old covenant, you know, God wanted them to come close. And it was a mountain that God was, you know, manifesting himself on. And and the Bible said that, that it was smoke and, and it was, you know, lightning and it was all this. And God's voice was booming. And the people were scared. Yes. The Bible says you can't even, they couldn't even touch the mountain lest they die. They say even if an animal touches the mountain, it needs to be stoned. And this, and so anyway, God was the God of wrath in the Old Testament. He was a God of love. He's the God of mercy. He's a God of grace. But he was like, you don't mess with God yes. in the Old Testament. Now, same thing. It's it's the same for the New Testament. It's just that 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 our our sin will kill us slower. You know what I'm talking about? We don't realize that. And so and so, but 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 back then, you didn't have you didn't have too much grace. There was a little bit of grace, thank God. But we're in the law of grace. And so here, now we're dropping down to Hebrews 12, 22 to 24. This is really great. It says, but you have come to... Now now he's talking about Christians. He's talking about uh, Christians. He says, you have not come to that mountain where you can't touch the mountain or you'll die. But here he's saying, but you have come to the Mount Zion, to the city of a living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven to God, the judge of all the spirits of just men made perfect. I want you to honor like that. He he said, God is the judge of all the spirits of just men made perfect to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant to the, and to the blood of the sprinkling that speaks better than that of Abel. So what am I saying to you today? I'm saying that your spirit is perfect this morning. I'm saying that God has made your spirit perfect. Now, listen, your spirit is saved. Glory to God. That's who you are. That's that's who you are. You are a spirit. You live in a body and you have a soul and an intellect. And we're in a process. You're you're in a process of getting uh, of, 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 of being saved. So your mind is in a process. How do you save your mind? By the word of God. By becoming doers of the word. God meditating on the word. That can save your mind. If you don't get the word in your mind, the devil can play with your mind and make you a little crazy. That's why you need to get the word in you. You need to allow the word to transform you. And the reason why some of us in here is a little crazy this morning, because we have too much world and not enough word. Can I get back here? Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying to you? But we gotta we gotta allow the word of God to transform our minds. Amen. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Glory to God. So so, so it's a new covenant. Jesus is a mediator of a better covenant. And it says here that, 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 that we are spirits of just men made perfect. Our spirits are made perfect in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And so, listen, you know, the, the end days, uh, the people out here, they are in fear. And the Bible says in Luke 21... Uh, verse 26, Jesus talking about the end days, he says men's hearts will fail them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven will be shaken. Listen, the reason why men's hearts are going to fail, he's talking about unsaved men. Their hearts are going to fail because they don't have any boldness in the day of judgment. Man, exactly. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Because they know there's an inward, there's an inward knowing. Eternity is put into each one of us and they know they they may say, oh, I don't believe in God. They may say, oh, there's no God. There's no, there's no hell. There's no heaven. They really know on the inside. They just, they just don't want to admit it. There's going to be no excuse on judgment day. God's going to say, no, you know, but you just didn't want to listen. You just wanted to ignore me. You can't keep ignoring God all your life. Don't want him. Don't want to have anything to do with him all your life, and expect to get in heaven when you die. You better want to have something to do with him now. Amen. Pastor, you're preaching. Amen. Now let me get to my sermon. <laughs> Faith. Now, now, now the kingdom of God operates in faith. Faith is a key ingredient to walking out this, this, this Christian life in God. And so that the faith is. And so but what the enemy operates or what the world operates, they operate, you know, they operate under under sight, if I may. And, and and let me let me put it this way: the, the, the world only believes what they see. But Christians we don't have to believe what we see with our natural eyes, we believe what we see with our hearts. Amen. Yes. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And the word of God will produce uh, belief in our hearts. Amen. 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 So so that's the bottom line. So so Christians walk by faith, the world walks by sight. And, and, the, and a worldly faith is based on what we see and what, what modern science tells us. It's interesting how, how atheists will always fall back on science. Well, you know, scientists tell you you can't measure God. You, you know, they can't see God. They you can't see God through the telescope. No, but you can look at this planet. You can look at, the, at how it's made. You can look at everything. And the Bible says it clearly tells us there's a God and they overlook that and so, and so they want to stand on science for their God I'm going to stand on the word of God amen. amen and so really a godly faith stands alone on the word of God being true Second Corinthians 5 7 says it this way for we walk by faith and not by sight. some of us are allowing the enemy to get us focused on what's going on around here and you know what? The important thing is not what's going on around you. What's important is what's going on inside you. Amen. What we? You know, Yeah, there might be turmoil. There might be things. But listen, you can still have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, even if all hell is breaking loose in your life. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Yes. Pastor, I wish you were in my shoes right now. I'll see how bold you are. You don't know what I'm dealing with. No, I may not know what you're dealing with, but you better get close to God. You better allow God to define who you are in your turmoil. You better allow the word of God. You better allow that word to define who you are in your turmoil. You hear what I'm saying to you today? So Hebrews 11.1 one says it this way: now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not. What does that mean, uh, Pastor? Well, this is what it means: it means that God created everything uh, that we see now from the unseen. He's a spirit and he brought it into the seen realm. Yes. Yes. Amen. And then the spirit takes precedence over the natural. Yes. And so as we see this, that, that it says here in Hebrews that now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. seen. How do we get hope? By the word of God. Yes. The Bible says hope is the anchor of your soul. And listen, if you're not anchored this morning in your faith, it's because you're not standing on too many scriptures that's anchoring your soul to the word of God. And the enemy will want you want to try to get us wavering back and forth, and you know, and so so. Listen, what they what an anchor is used for is is, is when it, when a ship comes in the port, they drop the anchor because because the water is turbulent, and the water will pull that bow right back out. And so they have to have an anchor. And and that's the way life is. Life in this, in in the dark world that we live in, because we live on, on this planet, it's not heaven yet, and it's, there's a pull to pull you away from the things of God. And so the anchor, you know, of God's word uh, will keep us steady from the turmoil and, and, the, and, the, and the pull that the world wants to pull on us to get us going in that direction. Take it in. An amen. amen. And so we need to allow the word of God. Listen, some of you right now, you're struggling in hope. You've got to have some hope. Amen. amen. I'm not saying dope. I said Hope. Amen. You got to get some hope knowing that there's going to be a better day tomorrow. Yes, you may be dealing with some situation, but listen, you got to believe that that you're going to see goodness in the land of the living, regardless of what it looks like. Amen. And so, listen, in, in Romans 10 17, it says it this way faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And listen, if you, need, if, you, if you need your hope strengthened, if you need to walk in some faith to overcome some, some challenges, then you need to hear more word. Amen. You need to start allowing the word of God to come in. See, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing. I don't think that, that when, the, when God had the writer write this, uh, uh, which was Paul, you know, Paul wasn't like, why did he say hearing and hearing? You know, why would he repeat that? Because it doesn't come from having heard. Amen. In other words, you've got to constantly hear the word over and over again. Amen. You just can't eat breakfast last week and say, I ate it. I remember what it tastes like. I don't need to eat breakfast anymore. You've got to continue to eat breakfast every day. Waffles and pancakes. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You've got to continue to eat every day. So faith comes by hearing and hearing. You need to continue to hear the word of truth in your life. Amen. So there's a Christian slogan that goes like this. And I've used it before and it sounds really nice. Preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. And that sounds great. Yeah, preach the gospel at all times. Listen, you can't preach the gospel without words. Anything about that? Oh, yeah, that sounds great. That that means doing good to, for people, but you can do good for people and never mention anything about Jesus, about about heaven, hell, and they could be blessed, and they could be fed, and they could be hungry, and they can go to hell. Amen. We can do a lot of good things, but we need it still to preach Jesus. Amen. You know, Jesus. You know, he preached first and fed second. Have you noticed that? He preached all day, and he preached about the kingdom of God, and then he said, you know what? They're getting hungry. Let's give them some food. He didn't give them food first. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And then preach. Why? Why didn't he do it that way? Because once you eat, you get kind of satisfied, and you fall asleep, right? Now, are you no, he preached first. The gospel should always come first. Then the natural man's needs. The gospel... What? Are you hearing what I'm saying today? The kingdom of God should always come first. Yes. Amen. And so Romans 10, 14 says this way. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him whom, who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Yes. Thank, you need to thank God for a preacher this morning. Yes. Amen. And so really, uh, you know, in other words, how we get out of our issues is that we hear the word of truth. And that word of truth will reveal truth to us and and get us into a place of walking victorious in Christ. You know, uh, Jesus, listen, some will say, you know, that that uh, that, uh, you know, well, let me say it this way. There are two verses we should be standing on on our salvation. John three sixteen. Does anybody know what that says? Man, well, some of you do, but I don't know if all you do. Amen. You guys need to get a foundation in that. I mean, even my daughter knows John three sixteen. Where's Christina at? I'm going to have her confess it. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I believe every born again believer, if you don't even know that, I don't know if you're born again. If you don't even know a simple scripture, one of the pinnacle scriptures of our foundation of our faith, I don't know where you're at in your walk. And so that is a scripture. So write that down. Get that memorized. Get that into your heart. Amen. Because the enemy is going to come around you and, and say to you, Are, you really think you're saved? Look at you. You just messed up. You think God, you think you're saved? You know, and the enemy is going to challenge your salvation. Yes. For God so loved the world that he gave his life. And whoever believes, I, I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus. And then the world will try to say that there's many ways to heaven. There's many ways to God. And, you know, listen, and some Christians, I don't know if they're true Christians or not, believing in that. And if you believe that there's many ways to God, you're losing your salvation. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? Because there's only one way to God. Amen. Jesus was either a liar, a lunatic, or the Savior of the world. And he's not a liar. And he wasn't a lunatic. He's the Savior of the world. He's who he said he is. And John 14, 6 says it this way. This is another one that we need to get into our arsenal when the enemy starts challenging us on who we are in Christ. And it says it this way in John fourteen six. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? We need to get an understanding of that. The world wants us to believe there's many ways, but there's only one way. Amen. Amen. And the and the world would want you to believe of the goodness of man, that men have an in, inherent goodness in them. The only goodness that man has is whenever they yield to God. God is good. We don't have goodness in ourselves. We can only borrow God's goodness. Amen. Amen. And so the, the world will make you believe that there is goodness in all mankind. But in Romans 3, 10, it says, as it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. And it says in 23 and 24, of Romans 3, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So all have sinned. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's no, listen, we, we, people are sinners in, na- in need of a Savior. Amen. And the prideful person doesn't want to admit that they have sin in their life. The prideful person does not want to admit that they need God in their life. The prideful person wants to make you think that they're okay. Listen, you're not okay without Jesus. Jesus is the one that makes us right. Yeah. Glory to God. It says it here in Matthew 7, uh, 13 and 14. It says, enter in by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many that go by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are very few who find it. Amen. And we've got to get a grip. And I'm going to say that you've got to get a grip today. Most people aren't going to make it. Uh-huh. Most people are going to go to hell. Yes. They sure it, it, it's, it's a rude awakening. Yes. It's only, it's a narrow path. Yes. It, it, the broad way. It's the broad path. And it really, the broad way is the easy way. Yes. It's the way of the flesh. Yes. Yes. It's the way to indulge the flesh. Yes. That's the broad way. And most people, geez, Jesus said to himself, most people aren't going to make it. You better thank your stars today that you're in church, that you have a fear of God, that you have a reverential fear of judgment, that you have a fear of hell. You better, have, you better thank your lucky, star, your blessed stars that God has drawn you into the house. Yes. You know how many people are leaving the church? You know how many people are buying into this idea that they don't really need that much God in their life? How many people are allowing the, 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 the toys of this world, the riches of this world to choke out the word of God? You know, I was doing a study. You know, half, half, the America, half America, 50% of America does not go to church at all. They don't even proclaim that. 50 of them that do go to church, 50% of America that does go to church, uh, really, and, and they, you know, they do these studies, and they say some of these people, they, it's the halo effect. And what that means is when they ask, do you go to church? They actually want to sound better on the survey than they really are. We always want to sound better, don't we? And they found out that out of the 50% of the people that say they go to church, only 18% actually go to church uh, on a regular basis. Think about that. Amen. Say, I'm in church. Amen. And think about that. So, so listen, broad, broad is the way that leads to destruction. The, the devil will try to make you think that there's no hell, that there's no judgment. There's no. Listen, there is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. We've got to get a revelation that Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the narrow road. Religion won't get you there. Joining a church won't get you there. It's good to join a church. Uh, Doing good works won't get you there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Witnessing for Jehovah, you know, won't get you there. You better be a Jesus. You better witness for Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Hallelujah. We got, we got to make sure that we're in the faith. Yes, Lord. And I'm going to say this as long as you're following God, and as long as you have a heart that has a desire for truth, because lots of people don't want truth today. But when, listen, if you have a heart for truth and you're seeking out truth, you know, the kingdom of God is righteousness and justice. Amen. It's not lawlessness, the kingdom of darkness is lawlessness. It's it's selfishness, it's self-centeredness. The kingdom of light is humility, is love, is purity, it's holiness. It's a great divide. Yes. The Bible says, "Be ye holy as I am holy." Yes. That means we need to be separated from the world system. Amen. We need to look different. We need to act different. The reason why some of us are struggling with the joy in our lives and a peace in our life, and we're not sensing it like we we, we need to, is because we're too much in the world. And we're not getting the benefits of the kingdom. Peace and joy. Amen. Amen. And when we start walking in purity and holiness and walking, you know, uh, you, you know, Serving God with a whole heart. I'm telling you, he doesn't mind giving us his peace. We'll sleep good at night. He doesn't mind giving us his joy. We'll have joy during the day, even though we have issues going on during the day. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? God is for you this morning. This is what I want to say to you. you. You're not. You don't. You don't. Uh, we don't work for our salvation or we don't appease God by our good works. No, it's only by faith and faith alone that gets the job done. And we have to continue to believe that Jesus' blood is what, what, what puts us in right position with God. And as we continue to walk before Him, as we continue to walk before God every day, Every day you need to put God first place. Get up in the morning. I'm telling you, put your shoes deep down under your bed the night before. And then when you have to get your shoes, you drop to your knees. Pull those shoes out and thank God for the day. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And God is with you. God is for you. God wants to reward you. He wants to bless you. He wants to pull you out of whatever you're dealing with. So this morning, I'm telling you, Jesus' return is imminent. He's coming back sooner than we think. And he's looking for a bride without spot or wrinkle, full of love and faith, doing the works of Jesus. We need to get into doing the works of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And as we fellowship with God, it will be automatic. As we spend time with God, we will automatically do the works of Jesus. And pretty soon he will say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter in to the joy of your Lord. Did you receive it this morning? Praise God. Let's bow our heads. Father, we honor you this morning. Father, we just thank you for your mercies, for your goodness, for your love. Oh, your grace is so big. Your your grace is so awesome. Your, Your word says if we just draw near to you, Lord. If we just draw near to you, you will draw near to us. I thank you, Lord, just like the wayward son that found himself in the pig pen. And he thought about his father's house as he moved towards his father's house. His father moved towards him. And I just thank you, Lord God, as we move towards you this morning. Father, as we humble ourselves, oh, you will empower us to do all that you're calling us to do. And Father, I just thank you for the people in here. I know people are struggling in here, but I know that they are, are standing against those things. They're trying to pull them down into the pit. And I thank you, Father, your grace is enough. Father, your grace is more than enough to meet every need. But if you're here this morning and you know you need to make a quality decision to put God first place. Maybe you're you're you you walked with God, but you've kind of backslid in your walk. You're, you're a little lukewarm. You're a little cold in your walk. Well, you just need to make a fresh commitment to him. Maybe you never made that commitment. So you just need a you need to make a faith confession. Jesus said, if you do not confess me before men, I won't confess you before the father and the angels. And so once you make this decision, you need to go out and tell somebody about it, that you're put in Jesus first place. Say this after me and it in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I, re- I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And from this day forward, I'm living for you. Heavenly Father, fill me and empower me with your Holy Spirit to live this Christian life. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.